I remember I was helping a client in her early days and she was at the time using lead pages and it wasn't connected to any email marketing platform. So she was collecting emails and it wasn't going anywhere. Thankfully, oh, no. she had the notification set mm-hmm. up to go to her, her email. So at least the emails were going to her. But, mm-hmm. you know, she tested the landing page and it worked, meaning she could see from her user, user perspective, she got the thank you page come up, but just didn't think about the other side of it, right? And if she didn't have the notification set up, Again, thankfully she did, but if she didn't have those notifications set up going to her, then those leads would have been lost because in lead pages, they don't actually get captured on the back end. You're listening to the Launch Playbook Podcast, the weekly podcast for service-based business owners to discover the starts, stops, and tools of transformation that go into launching their online offers. I'm your host, Sarah Bartanian, and if you want to launch your ideas into the world faster with more success and less burnout, well, friend, consider this show your secret playbook to get you there. I'm so excited to welcome Astrid Suchipto to today's episode. Astrid and I have been actually working together on and off in launching and also in the Launch Playbook Club for a few years now. So it feels especially exciting to me to welcome someone who I consider a business friend to the podcast. Astrid, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so happy and excited to be here on your show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for agreeing. So, Would you mind going ahead and telling the folks at home a little bit about you and your business? Sure. So I am a digital marketing tech expert. I'm the founder of Digital Pixie, which is a digital marketing company that focuses on the tech side of digital marketing. So that includes web development, as well as helping entrepreneurs with their online launches by connecting their systems together. So that's in a nutshell, my business. So you deal with a lot of tech systems, obviously, then. Yes. Will you tell us a little bit about your favorite tech stack for someone who is launching and why? Yeah. So for someone who's completely new to launching, I try to keep it simple, especially if they're on a budget. So my favorite is actually MailerLite. It is an email marketing system, but you can do landing pages. So you can build your landing pages and it's pretty flexible. It even takes payment. It integrates with Stripe and PayPal. And then you can, you know, build your list, create forms and have it all automated within the same system. So it's a great way to build your list. Now, if you're launching and you need like a course platform, let's say, I really like Podia and Thinkific. They're very easy to use, very simple cost that much either. I think they're about $29 to $39 to start per month. So those two are those two are a good combination, in my opinion, for somebody who's just starting out with a launch. Amazing. Thanks for sharing because I feel like it's like those conversations around like, what should I choose come up all the time. So I really wanted to like start with that. Like, what from an expert are some ones that really work? So I see yeah. that all the time in like Facebook groups and even in the club, right? Like around like which... Which tech platform should I go with? Yeah. So thank you for clearing that up. No problem. I mean, I get that question a lot, to be honest with you. You know, whenever I have my discovery calls, the first thing they do is, I don't know. They'll say they don't know what systems to go with because there's so many out there, right? And it Mm -hmm. it all comes down to where are they in the launch? Like, are they just starting out? Are they a little bit further in? Are they trying to scale? You know, what's their budget? Right. Yeah. So if, if they're, you know, a little bit more advanced and they can put a little bit more money into the tech, 
then I would recommend a different system. Like I like Kajabi a lot because it's more of a, of an all-in-one, very easy to use and user-friendly. So speaking about budget, how much money do you think when people, let's say, are in the early days of launching, should they set aside for tech realistically? I would say at least $50 a month up to mm-hmm. $150 a month in the early days. Again, it depends okay. on what they're launching and what they're doing, stuff like that. And if they're doing like a webinar, let's mm-hmm. say, is there a platform you recommend for that for someone in the early days of launching? I love Easy Webinar or Demio. I I prefer Easy Webinar over Demio, but Demio is great as well. And the price point is pretty much the same, but it is they are a little bit higher price. So they're about I think it's seventy nine dollars a month to start with. So if they're with early Easy Webinar. I, yeah, I think. I think mm-hmm. it's the same with Demio. I'm not really sure. So, you know, it all again, it all depends on the budget, right? So if they don't have that budget, like I always recommend that because you can do so much in terms of integrating back into your email marketing platform. But sometimes right. when you're just launching and you don't have the budget, then I would just recommend sticking with Zoom at that point. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if you can actually spend a little bit of money on it, it makes a huge difference getting something like Easy Webinar or Demio. Yeah. I know that when I was using Demio sometimes for webinars, what was kind of cool too when I was first starting was that they actually had like a pause your account option. So, you know, once, cause you spend so much time getting it set up and ready that I love that I could just pause it. So it was still a fee, but it was like much less obviously than the monthly fees. Yes. So that when I wanted to reopen it, it was a possibility. And I thought that was pretty neat. Yes. Yes, that's true. So you see the back ends of a lot of businesses from solopreneurs to seven figure businesses. What would you say are the biggest differences between their tech setups from those people in those like those early days of launching to, you know, multiple, it's maybe they're having multiple six figure launches. Yeah. So, I mean, in the early days for solo solopreneurs, it's a lot of stitching together, trying to stitch together many different systems and it's not as smooth or easy. Like for example, somebody's using Zoom you know, the integration back to the email marketing platform might be a little more difficult. So there's a lot of workarounds to get all the data back in into your email marketing platform, as an example, uh, whereas a seven-figure business would probably spend the money on upgrading their tech, right? So that everything runs a little bit smoother. Everything is more automated. They're not wasting their time trying to things manually or fixing things that break. Another difference is that solopreneurs are just starting out. They're funnels and sequences are pretty simple. It's usually like maybe one sequence, maybe two at the most. And they're usually a little bit shorter, like maybe five emails in a sequence. For a seven-figure business, basically their their funnels are a little more advanced. You're starting to see, you know, upsells, downsells, product bumps, and then sequences that match that. So let's say that somebody bought the product bump, they get put into a different sequence than somebody who didn't. Right. So there's a lot of different branches, so to speak, different automations happening, depending on what the behavior was. I like that you really pointed out like all those different sequences that start growing and building. That's what I find with a lot of like even the one to one clients I work with that they come in with like maybe that simple sequence. And then we start growing and building from there. Like, like what's logically next? Like, what can we do? And then start building onto that. Yeah, yeah. Typically, when you're just starting out, it's very linear. Here's what happens. You sign up for a lead magnet. You get like a welcome sequence, maybe four to five emails. And then you get invited to some kind of program. And that's pretty much And then you're into a newsletter probably from there. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And I like that too that you pointed it out because I think that so often 
I'm going to speak for myself and maybe a few, like I can think of some of the conversations I've had with some past clients and other people I do in business, but we look at those people in our sphere. So I'm going to say like, you know, like the Amy Porterfields and people like that who have, you know, a big business and a big team and where you feel like, oh, maybe we need to do all of those things. Like, look at all these things that they have going on, but realizing that like, we're not in the same spot. So that's okay that we can start where we are and we can start growing and building on as we go. Absolutely. So what moves does a solopreneur need to make to start heading towards that seven figure tech setup? A lot of, a lot of planning. I find that a lot of solopreneurs, maybe they, they rush a launch or they're they don't give themselves enough time to launch and they, you know, they're only thinking about the linear sequence. So I think it's starting to like getting their mind to start thinking about how can we get more people through the funnel and stay in the funnel longer. So if they're not quite interested in buying the program yet, what else can I offer so that I don't lose them completely? Right. So maybe the program is two thousand dollars and somebody's not ready for that, but they're still interested because they want to learn what what can I give them that's going to they can buy and still help them. Right. So so that's where the downsell comes in or the product bump mm-hmm. comes in. So just start planning on like what else can you add? Like how can you add value? along the way as you're nurturing them through the, the entire sales funnel. So they might not buy today, but now you, you know, they're in your funnel and they're being put through another sequence. I love that you call that out. Cause I'd say like as a launch copywriter, when I go in to talk with people around their goals and their plans, that's something that I often notice too, with someone who is sort of more in the early days of launching is that they have maybe created that lead magnet and there's a welcome sequence, but it didn't actually maybe connect to a goal to sell or They've got something going first, but then there's like, they don't ask ever again. Like there's no other opportunities to sell for months and months and months sometimes until they decide to do another live launch. Like there's sort of nothing in between. And so I feel like there's a lot of places where we can like kind of fill those gaps, right? And probably make some more revenue too. Exactly. And even if they don't really have a program to sell yet, let's say they're just list building. What I've seen Mm -hmm. happen is they would, again, like they would put out a lead magnet, have a welcome sequence, and then they don't touch base. There's no weekly emails going out. There's nothing. So Mm -hmm. even if you don't have, if you're like, if you're, let's say you're building your course, so you're not quite ready to launch, but you're starting to build your list. It's okay. Like you don't have to do a sales sequence right away. What you can do is bring them into your, like your email list, you know, the welcome sequence and then nurture them, right? Give them value every week or once every two weeks, right? Just to, just so that they're hearing from you, right? And they're getting to know you as you're building them up towards this, you know, program launch. I think that's like what seven figure and those like multiple six figure business owners do, right? Is that there is the staying in touch is happening and there's like a plan to stay in touch and they've set up their automations and things to do so. I love the downsell. It's like, that's one of my favorite things to start adding to a launch. Um, I think it tends to be one of the easy ones that you can do because if people aren't quite ready for your program, you can take something from what maybe you're launching or something you already have that relates and still get a chance to exactly like help people, as you mentioned, but at a lower cost like something that I try to add into every single launch I work on. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there a tech setup or a funnel that you think that every business owner needs and that maybe you've noticed when you've gone to have those discovery calls or you've talked to business owners that they are missing? Yeah, I mean, as something as simple as a lead magnet. Sometimes they don't they don't have anything, right? They, they might have like a sign up on their website to for their mailing list. But, you know, unless you're offering something of value where someone's willing to 
swap their email address for that, you know, whatever that value is, you're, you're not, no one's really signing up for your mailing list, right? So I think just, just yeah. offering something it can be an, an ebook. It could be, a, I don't know, a, a quiz, a, a webinar, a, anything really. So just, you know, a simple lead magnet with a welcome sequence and then continue with touching base with them on a regular basis at the very least. And that's where you said like a lot of maybe early in the early days, like mailer light would be a good system for that. Yes. Absolutely. What do you think about, I know a lot of business owners, we've had this in the Launch Labor Club where, you know, you are our resident tech expert and support there. What do you think about the free version of MailChimp? Because I know that a lot of people come in and I know that we've, I think, worked on some mutual people too before who've come from that free version of MailChimp. What do you think about, like, about that? Like, where are the limitations, I guess, with that for people? MailChimp? I am not a, I'm not a fan of MailChimp free version or not. The free version has a lot of limitations. They made a change. I think it was a couple of years ago where they've limited the number of audiences that you can have. I think mm-hmm. you can only have two now at max under the free, which sometimes makes it difficult when you're trying to build your list and do some segmentations. The audiences don't talk to each other. So I oft- often recommend that when you're putting somebody through a sequence, you don't want to add them to your mailing list right away, right? Your newsletter list because you don't want to bombard them with so many emails, right? You don't want them to be going through your sequence and you're also sending them your newsletters. So (laughs) usually that happens at the end of a sequence, but with MailChimp, you can't, you can't really do that. Like if you've got two separate audiences and you want to move them from audience B to audience A at the end of the sequence, that's not really possible. They don't talk to each other. So that's one limitation. There was another one. I think, was it that they only let you have like one automated email? So you couldn't have to do like a whole, Automated welcome right. sequence. Yes. Your free version too, right? That was something right, that yes. we've run into a lot as well. That's, that's mm-hmm. right. That's right. That's, that's a good point. Yes. So they can, you can only have like the one welcome email and then that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I think I've like seen so many people in those early days and I understand like choosing the free service because you're not really sure and it's new and, you know, budgets are limited in the beginning, but it's definitely something that I feel like if you could just, you know, invest in that email service provider and you're saying like mail or light is a great one and pretty cost effective that you'd save yourself in the end so much time by just going with one that has a little bit of a spend to it but you know you could actually make work for you for quite a long time and you wouldn't have lost so many hours and you could actually like start building your list and doing those automations a lot earlier exactly and what a lot of people don't think about is they don't they're not thinking about how their time is actually money too Right. So I would say, well, mm-hmm. you know, if this is going to spend like you're going to be spending 10 hours of your time doing this, really, when you quantify that into a dollar value, what is that? Right. And could you have saved 10 hours using another system? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. And it just makes everything a lot smoother. <laughs> Especially in those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah better experience for every like for you and maybe you're also for your your audience. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that came up when. I guess a couple of years ago when I was talking to a group, this, co- this really small group, like six people, we were all like working on launching and the person facilitating it was talking around like tech because we all had like these tech questions. They weren't a tech expert like you are, but they were just like a, like a coach. And something they said was around like, well, how many hours are you spending making these decisions? Because I remember I was on WordPress at the time and I couldn't decide like where to host my course and where to do this and where to do this. And, and they're like, well, what about Kajabi? Like it has everything and you can just stop thinking about it. You can just move on and start doing it. And I remember being really hesitant because it felt like a big jump in price. Like, yes. But when I actually 
mapped out what I was spending across the other things. I think it was like a $30 a month difference. Right. Really wasn't that big in the end because I could let go of all these other services. And it was like, I, I, I think it's like the best decision I ever made. And I yeah. used to go over to that, that yeah. one platform that has everything I need. And I know they even like have, they're launching some new things right now, actually in there, right. which is pretty neat. I like Kajabi a lot. I've been using Kajabi for like with, for clients for a number of years now. And they've really improved too, right? And they continue to improve their mm-hmm. system. So it's it's quite a bit different than what when they first launched and a lot better now, for sure. So I, I like it a lot. I think so too. A lot more robust, for sure. Yeah. And there is something around making that decision to be like, this is what I'm going to use. And yes, it's going to cost me money, but... Now I don't have to think about other, like, now I don't have to think about that anymore. <laughs> like, you freed up that brain space and also the learning space, right? Like, now you're just, if you're doing it yourself, you're only learning, like, maybe one or two platforms as opposed to exactly. trying to, like, cobble together five or six things. Yeah. And and honestly, if you're not, you're not, like, tech, tech savvy, and even if you are, I mean, it cobbling, like, five to six systems can be can be a nightmare, to be honest with you. And I do it yeah. all the time. Yeah. But it, it really, like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I have to sit there and I have to think about all the systems and how they're connected together, what needs to happen, where what connects to what directly, what doesn't. I'm often finding myself mm-hmm. having to connect systems using Zapier. I don't know if you've heard of Zapier, yeah. but yeah. It's, yeah, I've, I've had it for a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I like it a lot. But yeah, yes. it's, it's, there's a lot of workarounds. Today's episode is brought to you by the Launch Playbook Club. It's a place for service-based business owners who want to launch a course, membership, or a group offer and are tired of trying to figure out all on their own. With weekly copy critiques and strategy calls for personal feedback, access to tech roadblock-busting Q&A sessions, monthly training around six-figure launch strategies, and templates for all your launch copy needs, the Launch Playbook Club is your roadmap to accelerate the success of your next launch without burning out. Become a member of the Launch Playbook Club at www.sarahvartanian.com slash launch dash playbook. So I think this is a perfect time to ask you, what can we do to stop some of those tech headaches and issues that could crop up during a launch? Planning, 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 planning. That's always my biggest thing. Think through what you want to happen. And when you're actually setting up the systems and connecting them together, test it as, as a user to see if it's working, to see there's, if there's anything broken. I find that a lot of clients don't actually test after they set up or they yes. don't do proper testing mm-hmm. and things fall apart. Like I remember I was helping a client in her early days and she was at the time using lead pages and it wasn't connected to any email marketing platform. So she was collecting emails and it wasn't going anywhere. Thankfully, oh no. she had the notification set mm-hmm. up to go to her, her email. So at least the emails were going to her. But, mm-hmm. you know, she tested the landing page and it worked, meaning she could see from her user, user perspective, she got the thank you page come up, but just didn't think about the other side of it, right? And if she didn't have the notification set up, Again, thankfully she did, but if she didn't have those notifications set up going to her, then those leads would have been lost because in lead pages, they don't actually get captured on the back end. I feel like, yeah, and like a lot of the effort and the time is spent into that. Like we put all this time and effort into our launches, right? Mm -hmm. And if we don't test it, then we're at risk for those kind of things happening. Exactly. Or maybe the credit, you know, maybe the payment integration wasn't working properly. Like it might've been working during the test mode, but not during the live mode. So it's important to test mm-hmm. when it comes to payment on a testing and as well as live just to make sure everything goes through smoothly. I feel like payment checkout things were always like 
my Achilles heel when I was in the early stages of more cobbling things together. It was like the yeah. part was the hardest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like how you called it planning too and making time. Cause I think something that's happened and uh, I'm going to be like very honest right here and say that in my most recent launch of the launch of a club, we had like so the emails for this, this, the open card sales sequence didn't get put in by the team until the morning of my live event. So I didn't have a chance to send them all. To, I would usually, even though like my team's also checking them, I always usually go in and send them all to myself. Right. So I can just see what they're like. And I didn't have a chance to do that. So we actually like had one go out that said like still line from subject line. You know, it was like copied over into the, into like the subject line that went out. Right. Cause that's like, I had written them in Google doc. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So it was, and that's something I would have like caught had I had the time, you know, a bit more time in order to send them all to myself. So I think those kind of things happen all the time. So I think that's one thing in launching is like too, is like to allow some buffer time to, like you said, send things to yourself, check them, (laughs) make sure they're talking to each other. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes, you know, and I noticed this with seven-figure businesses is they have a bigger team, different team members, you know, taking care of different aspects of the funnel. And if you're not testing at the end, there, there might be something that fell through the cracks because again, there's different people doing different things. So I might be doing something and then not realizing that the other person maybe already did it. So it's didn't, like whose responsibility was that or, maybe or who it, did it, that? It, exactly. And this, you know, maybe the lack of communication potentially because it's a, you know, just a lot of things going on. So it's, it's really, really is mm-hmm. important to, yeah, like you said, the planning, like, the, you know, giving yourself time to test, make sure that everything's working, thinking things through and just uh, looking at it from the customer perspective too. And it sounds like too, you're saying like good to have someone who, and it might be you if you're the, you know, like the person doing most of this, but like to have someone who's sort of in charge of like the overall, like to test it from like start through end. Yes. So absolutely. you can really see that all the parts are going, mm-hmm. whether you're in that solopreneur or you're that seven figure business owner. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur or seven figure business, like to me, testing is an important part of, you know, the entire yeah. launch. Yeah. And someone needs to, I guess, be in charge of that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And I've seen often too, sometimes when you like go to, I mean, I've been on the, on the receiving end of this too, right? When you go to buy something, you're really excited. You bought that course and then nothing happens. Like you don't actually receive your log on and all that stuff. And I think that can be such an off-putting thing as a customer. Cause like you, you've just like built up, you've, you've taken this leap, right? You've said yes to it what could be multiple thousand dollars or whatever you've invested. It's your money. You've invested in it. Mm-hmm. And then not to have something happen on the end of that, like get your access or have to wait or do customer support is it really takes off that good feeling pretty quickly. It's true because then as a customer too, you worry, right? What happened? Yeah. Did I just, did I yeah. just spend my money and it's, did I, you know, is this really? Yeah. Was this for money? real? Exactly. <laughs> right. So there's that too. And you don't ever mm-hmm. want your customer to feel that way. And sometimes I find like that is like, that log on issue, right? The very end, like if it hasn't been connected or if you're not using more of an all-in-one, like a Kajabi or something like that, that's when something can get lost in let's call it translation or like in the, in the tech, in the great big tech void. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And again, that's where the testing comes in. Cause you would have noticed that, Hey, mm-hmm. there, there's no email that tells me that tells the customer how to log in or how to get access. That would have, that would have, should have been caught during the testing process. So it sounds like, I mean, I had a question for you around like what advice you'd give someone who's figuring out the tech behind their launch. And so would it be to test everything? Would that be the biggest piece of advice you'd give them? Or is there something else? Yes. I mean, that would be, it's everything. It's really, it's really planning. Yeah. And testing is planning is all about giving yourself time 
to make sure that your strategy is working too. Testing is like, I know, I know I keep saying testing because it is important. Like I've seen it, I've seen systems fail over and over and over again because they're just, you just assume that, you know, things just work as soon as they connect, which is not always the case, but planning and being organized and knowing like, don't, don't squeeze everything to, to, to last minute. You know, Mm -hmm. if you want to launch something, don't wait to like two weeks before to try to build your list and get your lead magnet all together. (laughs) Yeah. Even a month, I guess to me, that's not enough. Right. But I have had people asking me and telling me that they want to launch and it's in two weeks and they don't even have a lead magnet set up. So to set up a lead magnet, get the sequence out and and then launch in two weeks, that's, that's almost impossible, but it's not that it's not, it's possible, but you would not get the results. Right. So it's almost like, what's the point of, what's the point of doing that? And I think about what you're saying about like this testing and planning. And I'm thinking about sometimes like, when I've worked with clients and we've like looked at their launch afterwards or they've come to me and they want to sort of, you know, they do want to launch. Sometimes think they didn't get the numbers because of the audience or, or the, you know, the results that they wanted. But sometimes there have been things when we've really dug in that like went wrong in their tech, right? Because again, they didn't test and check that, oh, well, actually you had a lot of people come to this page or sign up, but you know, they didn't actually receive that email <laughs> that you sent out. Right, so you right. know, it wasn't maybe that they didn't want to buy it. It's that they actually didn't receive it. Exactly. So I feel like that's all part of the, the launching piece too, is like we have to actually look back through our funnels and mm-hmm. make sure they're all working because you don't want it. <laughs> you don't want to not meet your goals because of, you know, tech snafu, let's call it. Let's let the focus be more on like the messaging was off or we need to get more in front of more people as opposed to, you didn't send that glorious email that you worked on. <laughs> right, exactly. So would you tell us about a launch you worked on that went really well and what you think made it work? Yeah, I mean, I've had several launches like that. And I think what, I mean, from my perspective, perspective in terms of tech, it's really because the clients were organized, very organized, right? They had thought things through and how they want things to happen, which, you know, it, it, then it made it easier to, set up the tech and make sure that everything runs really smoothly. It's all about, again, it's all about organization and, and, and also strategy. For, are there any ways that you recommend people organize their launch things that you prefer? Like, so you, again, you've worked on the back end of so many launches. Are there any kind of like project management tools that you really like working on or you recommend people could use to, to oversee this? Yeah. I, I really like ClickUp. That's the project management tool that I use. Any project management tool like Trello or Asana will work and it helps keep the conversation going between the client and myself. And sometimes, you know, if they don't, if they're not using any project management tool or they don't want to, they're not comfortable because I've had clients resist using project management tools for, <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, I've set it up, they don't use it. It's, they just can't wrap their heads around using it. A simple Google doc, you know, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. And then that way we can converse back and forth via Google docs as well. Ask questions, mm-hmm. maybe some things were missing, something, some stuff needs to be clarified. So it just makes that like set up a lot easier. And that way I'm not missing anything and the client isn't missing anything. And to me, again, that, that helps with having a successful launch from a text perspective. Yeah. I'm going to like one up that just from like a, as a copywriter perspective, perspective too, like seeing, <laughs> um, seeing all the steps to it is, is so important to see the whole picture and to know what's being worked on and what's being done. I find it really helpful as well to see that. Absolutely. 
Well, Astrid, it was so great to have you here today. I love talking tech with you and you, you already know I love working with you on the back of on launches. So can you tell the folks at home where we can find out and we'll find you really so that we can work with you and learn more about your offers? Absolutely. So my website is digitalpixie.ca and that's the best place to find me. I am also on Instagram, but I'm not as active. It's digitalpixie.ca. Well, thank you so much. And I will... Look forward to seeing you in the club again soon and also working to you on our next launch. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been great. I love working with you as well. And this has been really fun. Thank you. Thanks, Astrid. Thanks for tuning into the Launch Playbook Podcast. If you want to get weekly launch secrets in your ears, I hope you'll hit subscribe on iTunes. You'll never miss an episode because who knows? It could reveal just a thing you've been looking for to make your next launch a success. And be sure to leave a five-star review in iTunes telling me how this episode inspired your launch plans. Until next time, keep putting your big ideas out into the world. I'm rooting for you.